0: Hi, Ina here. Quick warning. This episode starts right off the bat with some explicit language. So if you have little ones around, this is the time to put on your headphones or to wait until they're not around
1: anymore. Okay, ready? The episode begins now. My dad had an automobile part business and I used to take home the model paint and paint barrettes when I was a young girl and sell. The, I sold those at recess, even though I wasn't supposed to because I am a rule breaker and I really liked what the money bought me, which was the freedom to choose what I wanted when my parents wouldn't buy me the things I was asking for.
0: Sue B. Zimmerman could be a case study in confidence. After eight years of the ultimate pivot, where she planted her stake in the ground and became the Instagram expert, she has amassed over 100,000 followers on Instagram and millions of dollars in revenue. She will tell you herself, she has always been the rule breaker, the go-getter, and never lets anything stand in her way. In this interview, we get to know the ups and downs of running a million dollar business throughout her life, and it wasn't all rosy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely have had shitstorms in my businesses. I had an employee that embezzled money from me. I had a business partner who demanded that she owned 60% of the business and I should have 40 because she had a degree in marketing and I was just an entrepreneur.
0: My name is Ina Koveni, Lead Generation Expert for Online Coaches. And in this podcast, I interview online coaches who have surpassed the small business stage and have become a global phenomenon. And nobody fits the bill like Instagram experts expert Sue B. Zimmerman. We had to cut the interview down for the podcast, but for all of you Sue B. super fans, I have made the full 45-minute interview available inside our Uncut Vault, where Sue gets real about having a business while being a mother of twins, three kids in total, getting her product on QVC, and moving on from her little store on the Cape. You can get access to the Uncut Vault by going to the TheGlobalPhenomenon.com dot com slash uncut. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, while you're privileged enough to have clean running water, 24 by 7 electricity and food, please reach out to friends and family in Texas and ask them how they are doing and if there's anything you can do to help. We're thinking of you guys. And as always, we also appreciate it when you go to the review section, leave a five star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's my interview with the Instagram expert, Sue B. Zimmerman. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Kovani, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. Hi, everybody. Today, I have with me the Instagram expert, Sue B. Zimmerman.
1: Hi, Sue. How are you? I'm hanging in La Jolla, California, just soaking up the sunshine. So I'm fabulous. Well, you left us in the dust in
0: Boston, and it's a nippy 30 degrees here today. <laughs> so one thing that I love to start these interviews with is we all start our life not really knowing we're going to be entrepreneurs. We all start kind of in a traditional path, right? We think we're going to go to college and get a job and, and all of these things. And I want you to take me back, and I know your entrepreneurial journey started really early, so we're going way back to a time when you Thought you were going to have a traditional path. What was Sue like back then?
1: I did go to college for nutrition, and I have a degree in nutrition. And the job that I got offered after graduating in Virginia did not pan out because what they told me they were going to pay me before I got there, and what they told me they were going to pay me when I got there, were two different numbers. So I'm like, "See ya, not working for you." And I leaned into my passion which was hand painting clothing. And I opened up a push cart at the Norfolk waterside and started painting boxer shorts. And the demand was so high that I started silkscreening them. And at the age of 22, I built my first million dollar business.
0: So we're going to stop right there and zoom in, because that is a lot that happened <laughs> in just like that little span of time. So let's start with you're going to school for nutrition. Can you tell me what your life was like? What did you think your life was going to
1: be like when you were going to college for nutrition? I loved it. It was in Boston at Simmons College. I had a great time. I rode crew. I dated guys from Harvard and MIT and and uh, BU, and I had the time of my life. Um, but I did study nutrition for the wrong reasons, and there might be some listeners that are weight uh, body image conscious, and you know, like most women in their early twenties, late teens, uh, that was the thing, or is the thing. And so, I studied it for for my own personal reasons, instead of uh, to really do what what I was great at, which was art, um, all kinds of creative art. Business, I never took a business class or have a degree in business. So, but I've always been entrepreneurial. My dad had an automobile part business, mm-hmm. and I used to go to work with him. And I used to take home the model paint and paint barrettes when I was a young girl and sell. I sold those at recess, even though I wasn't supposed to, because I am a rule breaker (laughs) and never like breaking the law, but breaking the rules. And so I used to sell my barrettes at recess and I really liked what the money bought me, which was the freedom to choose what I wanted when my parents wouldn't buy me the things I was asking for.
0: So you were in school for nutrition, you got your job, you said I'm not going to be here in Sorry, Virginia. I'm leaving. And then what happened after that?
1: I started a business called Only in America because only in America can you sell boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened up another location at 6th Street Marketplace, which is in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And then I opened up another one in Arlington, and one at, in the North shore. And I had a lot of kiosks, which was very, very profitable uh, before I started my family. And then I started going to all the college campuses and selling direct to consumer, direct to the students. And that was a goldmine. I I mean, I would leave like with $3,000 in my pocket, working nine to two or three. It was pretty cool. Um, And I was talking directly to my customers. So I knew exactly what they wanted, which is really how you do business. You find out what people like and you listen and then you create more of it. So at this point, you're in the products business. Where I, the- was always, I was always in the product business before I started teaching Instagram. Yeah. So
0: where did the online world come in?
1: Eight years ago when I went to a conference in California, uh-huh. Experts Academy, my friend told me I should go. And it changed my world. I didn't know that you could sell information. And I love teaching. I taught art classes, I taught social media, I taught scrapbooking on stages. I'm like, wow, I can teach. And even though my husband thought I was starting like some kind of Ponzi scam, (laughs) um, I knew that I had legs to travel and um, people to help and serve. And year by year, person by person, Every piece of content, every Instagram story, YouTube video, training, everything I put out there um, was received with people wanting more and more and more. So I got asked to speak on stages, on do interviews, and I'm proud to say I have a globally recognized brand. When my husband and I were in Iceland, I had someone from Russia run up to me <laughs> to wanting to take a selfie. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I kind of want to get a little bit more into what you're Mindset was
0: around it. Did you think you were just going to continue to create business after business after business? Were you, what, what was your intention every
1: time that you, I you started something new? I didn't create multiple businesses at once. I mm-hmm. leaned into the thing that I saw was opportunistic. So when I had my store on Cape Cod and I discovered the power of Instagram, I had both of those businesses for a couple of years because my online business wasn't making the same kind of money that my little boutique on Cape Cod was making. So I didn't want to give up that revenue. It really helped um, finance all of what was necessary to start the online business. And then when the online business really took off, I then decided not to do my retail store anymore. And I've been full into that for eight years with a team of 12 now. And all my other businesses, I closed them, sold them, Trans or or just transitioned because A, the market wasn't there anymore. And I'm really good at at knowing that and, and stopping and not trying to save it. And B, I might've got bored or the partnership dissolved or the trend changed. I'm really good at knowing when to morph, shift and change. And a lot of entrepreneurs aren't.
0: I would love to hear of a time that you felt like things were not going right or that something went awry and how that made you feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have definitely have had shit storms in my businesses. I had an employee that embezzled money from me. I had a business partner who, um, you know, demanded that she get paid, that she owned 60% of the business and I should have 40 because she had a degree in marketing and I was just an entrepreneur. And I kind of let her win at that. The good news is when we were in debt, she had to pay 60% of the debt. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so I've had stories like that. Like every business owner, there's, there's definitely stuff that you push through and I am so not perfect. And that's why I show my bloopers at the end of my YouTube videos. Like, do you think like, I look like it's like rainbows and unicorns every time I do things? No. And that, that is, I show it. So to answer your question, um, I, I just know. I am confident in what I do and always have been in decisions that I make and people that I bring into my life and people that I fire and people that I let go. I just stay in a good, healthy energy place, whether it's personal, professional, physical, you know, physical, like here I am in La Jolla. I didn't want to be in Boston when it was going to be so frigging cold. So I came out here cause I can. So I change what I can to make my life the best every day, live your life, every day is if it's the last day of your life. That's my life. What lessons have you learned about partnerships along the years? That if you are going to be in a partnership that everyone should have equal equity. Um, like if you're starting a business with a partner, if you have an employee in my case, like I have an employee that's been so loyal to me and she's my CEO and she's my everything. And she makes decisions every day for this business. And I want to reward her well. And so I've made her a partner into my, in my business. Um, I think being generous with compensation is really important to attract good people that feel like they're a part of your business or team. And I'm very generous with all my employees. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like, do the right thing. Do the thing that you would want other people to do to you. What happened with Boxer Revolution where you're working on this? Oh, Boxer Rebellion. I sold it to my business partner when I moved back to Boston. I didn't want it Yeah, I was married to him. I mean, he was my partner, but his family was all up in my business and I couldn't handle it. They were jealous of me and it was so much family drama. I was married to his drama. And so I I sold it back and, and moved back and started a family. Yeah. Not with the same person. No, I know I sold my business. I sold my part, my half to him and I left Virginia and came back to Boston. I got married. I started my family, but always had a business even while being a mom, even while being a mom of twins. I just needed something that was my own separate from raising my kids. Now,
0: help me test out a theory because this has panned out with two other guests that we've had in the past, Rachel Miller and Melissa Farr. We are, and and with me, that's three cases. Tell me if this matches you or not, but we are fiery women. We are women who like to create and change things around and and just be doing things all the time. And all of our husbands are the quieter type, the introvert type, the guys like, do your thing. Just don't include me in any of this. Like, what is, what is your
1: partner like? My husband is not an introvert. He's an extrovert for sure, but he is a brilliant math, science, nerd, tech, brilliant guy, extremely successful and not on any social media except for LinkedIn. And he is a great Instagram husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He takes all my pictures when I'm all cute. I'm like, honey, just take 500 photos of me walking towards you. Like he's real. you know, he knows how to be in my stories occasionally. He's real. He's the smartest person I know, and um, he's. It's extremely inquisitive and and philosophical and deep and scientific and into music and. Yeah, we're very different, but we're very. We've been together for thirty years. We're very close. How did you guys meet? At camp when I was thirteen and he was fourteen, but we didn't date till after college. He went to Brown. I went to Simmons. And we used to ski together, hang out. And then I invited him to my senior dance at Simmons. And I knew I was gonna marry him that night. That's Most helpful. women my age are not too happy or getting divorced. So the fact that we're still together and that's one of the reasons I'm here. I'm like, honey, I love you, but nine months with you every day, you're not going to work, I'm not flying. And speaking, I need my space, I'm going to La Jolla. Love you, you can come visit me, but I am going to go by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, go, good. Yeah. He's here right now. <laughs> nice. He's visiting.
0: So yeah. he works
1: he works in Boston. Like that We're, that's kind of Yeah, his office is in North End the North End. His company is in the North End. We yeah. live downtown in a high rise, but we also have a house on the Cape. I went down to your very first Instagram post, to your very first YouTube videos.
0: And um, you know, and I, I watch a little bit of it and I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly what starting a business feels like, It's putting yourself out there and like not everything is put together, not everything looks perfectly branded. And, you know, it was, you know, at least a couple of years, just from what I can see in the timeline of YouTube. It was at least a couple of years before you had a few videos kind of like go viral. There's a video in there that has hundred thousand views and it's in a C of other, other videos who don't even crack 1000 views, right? How did it feel for you for you know, year, year over year, putting out content for it to not crack the 1000 view mark? You hadn't made it really that big
1: yet. What were, what were your feelings about it at the time? I don't even know, like the YouTube videos, I, I didn't even notice. I, I really think it was just more, I was more interested in putting myself out there to the world. That's the most vulnerable thing because of the judgment. And I didn't even know how to do what I was doing. I'm just like, and, and what I've learned now, it's so much more important to be natural than to have like a scripted agenda. Cause when the, conver- when a video flows more naturally, it's just more organic and it does better in my mind. Um, yeah. It's just like, I wanted a YouTube channel. So I got a YouTube channel. I started doing videos and then, It's the best search engine on the internet. It's how we get a lot of leads. It's how we get a lot of sales. It's how I build authority. It's how I get asked to speak. And the YouTube videos are great. And now we're going to be doing YouTube ads. It's like, you know, one thing leads to another. But um, I was just creating content based on questions that people were asking me a lot. So here's the question that everybody wants to know.
0: You had been an entrepreneur for a long time. You take B-School. And things start to really happen for you. And I even watched the video where you say, okay, these are the three things that I have learned about B-School. But here, very anecdotally, what do you think was the biggest
1: difference between you pre-B-School and you post-B-School? Understanding online marketing, modern marketing, like light bulbs everywhere. The, the, The power of an email list, the power of an evergreen sales funnel having a team, growing a team, everything, like understanding what that all meant if you wanted to scale with systems and processes and automation, all of that. Like that was new to me prior. And Morgan, who I mentioned earlier, my CEO, that's her brain. She's all systems and processes. And, you know, we have an ads team now. We have a serious ads budget. The reason you see me all over the internet is because I spend money every day on ads.
0: Right. And now how do people work with you? If you can just guide me through what are your offers right now and how do people get in there?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we did to scale a seven figure plus business is simplify our offerings. So there's really, we have a sales funnel with um, some great lead magnets on YouTube and uh, all over on our ads, but mostly our Ready, Set, Graham course, our signature course that we've been selling for five years now that we update every year. We have a membership with that, um, it's for beginners or people new, newly marketing on Instagram, even, even if you've been on it, but you haven't had a business account. Or if you've been on it and you just don't know how to make money on Instagram, that's what Ready, Set, Graham is. And then we have an application only, very, very selective pro coaching uh, opportunity to get coached by me and four other of my team members Um using Slack as our communication channel. And it's, it's literally the business that we, we, we've figured out how to scale coaching in a way where you can really coach to each individual's needs, which is so important. It's not like, go watch my videos. It's like, no, you have access to me every day in mm-hmm. Slack. So it's a very, very successful business model. And we're gonna scale at least up, we're gonna triple this year. Um, How did,
0: how did you scale it so that you can give everybody their, your individual attention
1: using, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole program, the way that we, that we have all aspects incorporated. We are your content team. We give software to help you manage, uh, create your content. We have educational material that you have access to for life and we coach and we do live calls and I have someone On my team that's in charge of the whole customer journey so she makes sure each student gets all the attention that they need and invested in we're very very hands-on with this program what is one misconception that people have of you as a successful businesswoman my age no one knows how old i am it's the most commonly asked questions on the internet about me just telling you you're keeping that quiet Yeah. I mean, you could figure it out. You've done a lot of research. I'm sure you can figure it out, but I pretty much don't, I don't, I don't say it publicly. I want people to keep guessing.
0: And finally, if you, if everybody who's listening had to do one thing in the next 24 hours to grow their Instagram account, what should that thing be?
1: It should be find people to content to engage on and jump into the conversations and be a part of conversations that align with your values, your business, your audience, your clients, your customers. It's not go and post something. It's go be a human and engage.
0: Amazing. So Sue, it has been a pleasure. Where can people find you?
1: So if you enjoyed listening, just come on over to the Instagram expert, the Instagram expert and say, hi, let me know your biggest, your favorite part of this interview and leave a comment or slip into my DM, find me there. And we have a free training that if you're looking to up your Instagram, you can go to Zimmerman.com slash three keys. I'll get you guys that link and you can learn for your, learn for an hour if you enjoyed learning a little bit about Instagram, but this will take you deep into learning a lot. I
0: love it. Thank you so much, Sue, and thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a wonderful time in La Jolla. Yeah, thank you. Hey there, Ina here. After listening to this interview, you may be wondering how you can get the kind of success that Sue has in just a few years. I'll answer this and many other questions in the next episode coming up. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss it. And if you'd like to leave me a question for the Q&A segment of the upcoming companion episode, just go to... The theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com leave your question there and i will answer it on the air i'll see you on the next one thank you for listening to the global phenomenon with ina koveni join the conversation inside the facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com/facebook listen to new interviews every monday and learn with the companion episode every thursday this podcast was created by Ina Kovney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.